Life itself is a privilege. But to live life to the fullest, well, that's a choice. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the podcast on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That special offer is at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. Life itself is a privilege, but to live life to the fullest? Well, that's a choice. Whether life happens to us or whether we happen to life, I suppose, is the topic of discussion today. And I suppose it depends on how we talk to ourselves in a lot of ways. You know, do we sit back and we wonder, why is this happening to me? Or or do we sit back and wonder, what is this teaching me? You know, what what in this particular stage of my life, what lessons am I extracting from it? This living life to its fullest thing is... Very easy to do when you have no responsibilities, you know, when you're younger, especially. Um, I've noticed that. And and as you kind of get older, and as I got older, taking on responsibilities as well as experiencing the joys in life beca- became more challenging. And it's still challenging to this day. You know, at 37, I have not mastered this by any stretch of the imagination. But this living life to its fullest is a very personal thing. You know, I don't know what your version of a fulfilled life looks like. You know, that's something that we really need to kind of sit down and think about for ourselves. We all have different standards and expectations that we put on our lives. And expectations can be a trap, as we've talked about in the show before, especially on med expectations. I suppose that depends on how rigid we are in those expectations of how how we expect things to turn out. But one of the things that we can do to try to evaluate this living life to the fullest thing is to really kind of sit down and, you know, grab a notebook. Write it out. You know, what does your version of a fulfilled life look like? You know, and, and what does that look like in terms of this week or just today, for example? Um, like for me, let me just think about today an example of a of a fulfilled life is I, I wake up early enough to actually do this podcast and I succeed at doing that. That's one check mark off of my box. And then I, I make it to work. Oh, no, I help my kids and my wife get ready uh, so they can go to school. And then I make it to work and I and I have a, a good, diligent work day, which this all sounds pretty simplistic. But, and and these are not always easy to accomplish. You know, staying focused at work can be extremely challenging, you know, especially with technology being what it is now. And there's so many distractions, you know, that can really pull you in a million different directions. Um, The desire to sleep in can wreck my morning's plans to have a fulfilled day, you know. But a lot of these are, are riddled with choices. So like I, if I make it through the day and I do my full day of work and then I get home and make sure everybody gets dinner. And if my wife, I think my wife works nights today, 
I think today she works in the evening. So if I cover for her for that, it's, it's, and then I make it to the end of the day and I spend some time with the kids and I make it through the day without complaining. That would even be better <laughs> if I make it through the day without being a negative um, person who saps energy from others. If I can be full enough to pour into people and my customers and the people who call, I will consider it a fulfilled day. But all of those, all of those items I listed, you know, if I were to sit down and write it out, those are all items that I have control over, right? I get to choose whether I wake up in the morning or whether I sleep in. I get to choose when I get to work today, whether I am diligent about my work, whether I get to choose how I treat my customers and the customers who call in. I get to choose whether or not I help my wife and kids after work get ready. Like these are all choices and they seem like pretty obvious choices in my case, but that's not always the case. You know, if we don't have an idea of how our days are supposed to go or have expectations, you know, or at least a, a general idea, not rigid expectations, you know, anything could happen between now and tonight. Right. But if I don't have a, a an, an idea of how I want the day to go, then when I evaluate at the end of the day, this living life to the fullest thing, I, I won't know how I did. And so that's really kind of one of the major aspects of this living life to the fullest is we have to have a general idea of where we're going and what we're doing. You know, in order to sit back and, and evaluate our progress from time to time. Yeah, there's going to be setbacks and yeah, there's going to be seasons we go through where we we have to take the responsibilities that we've we have to take care of the responsibilities we've taken on, but we can balance those with some of the things that we do have more control over. And so then I can I can expand that, you know, for my one day. Well, then, okay, how do I want this week to go, right? What do I want to have done by the end of this week? What do I want done at the end of the, by the end of the month, at the end of the year? And setting these little, these goals, these short-term goals, medium-term goals, you know, they give us something to focus on. And I'm not somebody, I, I don't function well without something to focus on. And, and like everybody's different, you know, but for me, I, I have to have at least some general vision of where I'm going in order to function in my day-to-day. -day. The harder my day-to-day -day tasks are, or the more mundane, I should say, not the harder, the, the more I need to bank on the long-term investment. So doing my day-in, day-out, at with the family, you know, being there for my family, you know, if I don't have a general idea of why I'm doing that, like why I want to be there for them, then the everyday routine can really kind of eat at you, you know, because you, you really constantly are like, what am I doing all this for? You know, what, what's the point? You know, if, if we don't have a general idea of what we're going for, then, then it does make the everyday things incredibly difficult. It does make it difficult to enjoy the everyday and live it to the fullest. And so for me, like with the family thing is I, I, I'm trying to, while the kids are young, make as many emotional deposits into those relationships as I can in the hopes that as they get older, that I'll have an intimate connection with them in case they need me, you know, so that they know I'm there for them. And 
you know, kids learn by example and they learn by stability. And so the, the most, I think I believe that the best gift I can give them is just being there consistently. And and I was grateful to have this gift from my parents who were there and are to this day um, there for us consistently. You know, that consistency has created a stability for me. It created a stability for me to thrive. And, and I realize that that's a unique situation by today's standards. Not everybody has that. And that that was a blessing that I had. And that's a blessing I'm hoping to pass on to my kids. You know, that they'll have an opportunity to have that stability. But that's the that's the vision I hold on to, right? <laughs> that That's what gets me through the everyday mundaneness. And don't get me wrong, I, I love being a dad and I love my kids, but th- it's work, right? When you have kids and, and you're a parent, it, it's emotionally taxing and it's physically taxing. So it, it helps knowing kind of why we're doing what we're doing, you know, and that, that helps give us that vision of living that part of our life to the fullest. Because being a parent is a season of life. It's not, well, I shouldn't say, uh, being a parent is going to be true for the rest of my life. But being a parent where your kids live at home and and they need you as much as a kid is dependent on you, that's a season of life. You know what I mean? In which it'll occupy and I can honestly say this is the truth, it will occupy less and less of your time as they get older because they hopefully become more and more independent. And so the the amount of what they need you for shrinks over time. And so the 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 season in which you have to invest in a, a lot of your time and energy is is mostly in those first formidable years. And it, I think this is true for a lot of things. Like if you don't have kids, that's fine. Like it's true for your job too. When you're first starting a job or a career, you really have to spend a tremendous amount of time and injury in, in energy early in that career to invest um, to invest in in order for it to grow, you know, initially. And as the job becomes easier, as you cultivate the skills and experience, then then you can enjoy parts of that job more. And this, I would encourage you, if you're kind of, if you tend to hop from job to job, you know, something to consider is when you, when you plant roots in a place, it, it does, there is a value in, in maintaining some kind of work stability so that you can grow well at whatever it is. But that being said, depending on the work environment you in, you may find that you've grown as far as you can grow at a certain company. So you do need to move to expand your career. You know what I mean? So the best I could suggest in those cases, just invest everything you've got into that opportunity to be the best employee you can be. And then if you've reached a point in which you can't grow anymore and, and you feel the need to continue to grow, in other words, you can't stay there consistently, then, then you start to consider planting yourself somewhere else but the what i'm trying to i guess what i'm trying to get at is the the staying consistently and in, in planting roots wherever you're at is a really good thing because it'll it'll allow you to cultivate deeper levels of experience and if you have roots then what i mean by roots is is you endure some of the the bad seasons of the job too right 
You don't just chase the, the positive feelings. And, and this would be a trap for parenting too, right? It's If we're only doing the parenting thing because it feels good, well, guess what? There are seasons coming in which the parenting thing ain't so great, right? So if we don't plant roots there, we won't weather the storm of of the of being a parent. Same thing with relationships. If we don't plant roots in a relationship, and this is obviously a two-way street, that your partner would have to do it too. You know, when the storms of life happen, you know, where one of you goes through a season of anxiety or depression, or maybe you're having a setback at your work. And, you know, when one of you gets really ugly, I mean, it's going to happen when life happens. You know, the deeper those roots you plant and the more you've invested in that relationship, the better, you know, because you can weather those storms better. And what's amazing is as you weather more and more storms, those roots tend to go deeper and deeper. Now, there are certain things that can obviously destroy a relationship like broken trust for example um that can almost cut right at the root but as you kind of endure things you actually cultivate more of an intimacy with it so leaning into life when it gets hard or leaning into our jobs when it gets hard leaning into our relationships when it gets hard leaning into our families when it gets hard these are the things that make that create deeper levels of intimacy that allow them to be stronger for the next storm. Now, this is it's a wonderful platitude to say just keep leaning in, keep leaning in. But as with all things that I talk about on the show, everything has a dichotomy. So it's not always this simple. So in relationships and work, are these things in our being a parent, these are really complex, right? And so we do need to to real to know that we can only take responsibility for the, the our end of the relationship. You know, we can't change other people. Um, so we can be there for them as they suffer through something. That's a choice we can make. That's That can be us living that relationship to its fullest. We can choose to be there with a company as it goes through a hardship. You know, we can choose to be there for our kids as parenting gets harder. So living this life to the fullest thing is something that we do choose. But what if we're an abusive relationship, for example? You know, sometimes making the choice to stay, and I, and I do believe that this is the exception to the rule more than it is the rule. There are certain relationships in which you do need to remove yourself from it. You know, and if, if you're in a physically or an emotionally abusive relationship, that's one of the obvious examples, you know. Um, so navigating these extremes can be difficult. I don't recommend you do it by yourself. You know, walking away from a relationship where your emotions are so intertwined, you know, with another person. Having outside viewpoints. Hopefully you have some close friends that you can connect with. Maybe you've got a psychologist or a therapist you can connect with, or maybe you've got your parents you can talk to or a parent you can talk to. Seeking outside wisdom to navigate before a rash decision is made about your job or your relationships is always a good idea. So if we can at least have a general idea of where we're going, 
you know, we can be consistent in our behavior. And that consistency can, can breed growth and intimacy. And these are all words nobody wants to hear. <laughs> I wish... I wish I could tell you that life is like a Disney movie and follow your emotions. But unfortunately, if we follow our emotions, our lives are going to be an absolute roller coaster ride of highs and lows. Because our emotions are so volatile and so susceptible to outside forces that it's not really a way of living. I, I did talk about this in a previous episode, but HALT, I don't know if you've heard of it. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So there's this HALT method that you can use when you are feeling depressed or sad or angry. And it, and you stop to evaluate your emotions. And because our emotions are so ridiculously <laughs> ridiculous, we can say, am I hungry? Because if you get hungry, that will greatly affect your emotions. Did, did you know your blood sugar level has an impact on how you feel? So if you are, if you have a bad routine of diet, if you eat a lot of sugars and not enough high proteins and fats, like these affect your mood your and, and your quality of life. And so if we're making decisions based on our emotions and maybe we're just not eating well, like our diet affects our emotional moods. And then there, the second part of it is, are you angry? That'll obviously affect our moods. Are we are we harboring resentments and deep-seated anger issues that we haven't resolved with our partner or our kids or our job? Have we not addressed those anger issues? Are we lonely? Oh, man, we all make bad decisions when we're lonely. Are we tired? This one's a big one for me. Tired is probably my biggest tr trigger is when I don't get enough sleep. You know, that, that one is where I'm most emotionally fickle is when I'm on the roller coaster ride of uh, exhaustion and not getting enough sleep. That's probably when I'm at my worst is when I'm tired. That's when I get, that's when I get bitey. That's when I get irritable. That's when I'm generally not fun to be around, but to live life to its fullest, we, 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 we have to make a choice to ignore these emotions most of the time. And focus on the goal that we've set and we've written down. So when, we, when we're making those decisions every day, we can be consistent. And I'm not saying we suppress these emotions, but we, we accept them and we kind of work through them as just something we process. Because emotions, I believe, were meant to be feedback. You know, there's a reason we feel. Like we feel hungry because we need to eat. We feel angry because there's an issue there. There's something that needs to be said or something that needs to be addressed. We feel lonely because we want companionship. And I don't just mean physically all the time. You know, we, we want friendship. You know, we're tired because we're not getting enough sleep. You know, these are feelings that our bodies are giving us so that we can, we can correct them. But if, if our feelings are tied to our fulfillment, then we're in trouble. You know, and, and this is incredibly difficult for me to kind of let go of, is I feel like my feelings always have to be in line with 
my goals. So in other words, I always have to be happy doing what I'm doing. And that's just not realistic because our feelings are, they're affected by what we eat and what we, whether we sleep enough at night or, and this was really bad for me early when I had kids because that was when I got the least amount of sleep. And so I really couldn't enjoy anything because I was exhausted. Now, if at, if I was at that season of my life and I, and I had to learn that my feelings were a lie, but if I had not endured that season of my life and just did what I knew I was supposed to do anyway, in spite of my feelings, then I don't know if I would have made it through it. You know, if I just followed my feelings at that moment, my feelings were run away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was so tired. So I guess that's what I'm trying to get at here is that we, we don't get to choose our feelings in most cases. We can make choices that will help improve our feelings, but we do need to make sure we detached from, detach from this idea that our feelings always have to line up with what our goals are. And so if we do have this idea of fulfillment, and we've written out where we want to be by the end of today and of the end of, by the end of the week and the end of the month and the end of the year. It doesn't have to be super complicated. You don't have to write a novel. You know, it can be like one sentence or two sentences. That'll give us something to focus on. And then as the negative emotions come, don't worry, positive emotions will come too because our emotions are a roller coaster. And we endure those hardships then we can start moving towards that fulfilled life. Because in my opinion, a fulfilled life is one that lines up with reality and lines up with our realistic expectations. But defining our defining reality in our situation and defining realistic expectations is complex because you are a complex person. You have different gifts. You have different goals. You have different dreams. You have different visions of how you want your life to go. And then... Twisting those visions and dreams you have of yourself into a proper alignment with reality and the reality of a situation. Like we all, you could say, oh, I want to be a billionaire. It's like, okay, well, realistically, is that a goal you can accomplish? I'm not saying you can't, but how about we start with, you want to have a thousand dollars in the bank. That seems a little more reasonable for the moment. Then once you have the thousand dollars in the bank, how about you say, well, now I want to have $5,000. You know, let's 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 line up our goals with something that's a little more realistic <laughs> to our situation, right? And 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 this is something that I have to do. I have to get my head out of the clouds more often than not. And I guess that's probably the best way I can word that is is we need to make sure we don't have our head in the clouds and we don't chase these pipe dreams of unrealistic goals. Now, I can say that. Uh, 10 years from now, like I, I do like some people will have that visualization where like, I'm going to write my check myself a check for a million dollars 20 years from now on the check. I'm going to have the, the withdrawal date 20 years from now, and I'm going to spend the next 20 years making it so I can cash that check. Say so, like, that's fun. I like that idea because 20 years is a long time. You can accomplish a lot in 20 years. And I don't think that's that unrealistic if you really, really were laser focused on it, you know, but I feel like that is a more conducive thing to chase. You know, I'm, by the way, I, I don't necessarily think chasing money is, is healthy in terms of being the only goal you have, but chasing, fi chasing financial stability is a good thing, you know, especially if you're chasing it for your family and for your future 
kids and for your future. But the idea here is that you have a long-term goal that you're, you're chasing after. And, and having a goal does help you wake up every morning and put in that work necessary. So I could say the same thing about my marriage. You know, I can say, I want to wake up 20 years from now and still be married. You know, and, and then, then I have to start making decisions today and this week and this month and this year to maintain that. And then when things get hard, which they will, because we will have seasons in which things are really good and things in which season seasons in which things aren't so good. I can bank on that reminder. It's like, no, I want in 20 years, I wanted to make sure this was still together, you know? And, and so it's good to have that. And these are all choices that we make. There's always extenuating circumstances that are outside of our controls, but as long as our, it's, it, as long as we can accomplish the steps that are within our power to do it, then at the very least we can find fulfillment in that. I believe. You know, we can find fulfillment in being diligent in our work. You know, even if the career thing doesn't work out, we can at least bank on the reality that we put everything we had into it. You know what I mean? We we did our end and fate decided, God decided, or whatever, decided that that wasn't going to be what it was going to be. So then all we can do is stop, pick up that pencil, and write down the new one. Okay, that didn't work out. What's next? You know? And so that that's that rigidity thing I talked about, you know, in the expectations episode. And, you know, if we don't, if we're too rigid in our out in our final goals and in, in what we want life to be, that is the root of all unhappiness. You know, when you have unrealistic expectations and you're extremely rigid in not allowing life to happen to help shift the dynamic of those expectations, that's where real unhappiness comes. And so we do need to conform to reality in order to be happy. I genuinely believe that. And it's a lot easier said than done. You know, accepting the reality of our limitations is never fun. Because you can easily look at other people and compare, which, by the way, is a very, very dangerous game to play. Because you don't really know their situation. We can very easily compare and get resentful and angry and envious and then just shut down any of our own efforts to accomplish our own goals. And that is extremely a bad place to be. You can get trapped in that loop of anger and resentment for years and, and accomplish nothing. Except and then and then be more anger angry and resentful because of it. Not a good place to be. So yeah. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing Podcast. I've been your host, Craig Chamberlain. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before you go, please like, share, and subscribe on, on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. That helps feed the algorithms to help the show grow. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Please leave a review on whatever podcast network you might be le uh, listening to. A uh, five-star review will help the show grow because it'll feed those algorithms on all the podcast networks. Remember, this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. Yeah, so that's a limited time offer. Actually, I never did the long advertisement for this episode. You guys lucked out. I missed it on this one. It's the first episode I missed it. 
So until next time, remember life is a privilege, but to live life to it the fullest, well, that's a choice. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today, because as always, that's all we can do. I will see you tomorrow.